everyone welcome to the thirst for knowledge podcast it's me lawrence as always i'm joined by my co-host steve and today we have a a guest i don't know how special he is (laughs) 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 we have our buddy robert wilson here how are you doing rob hey guys what's going on thanks for having me yeah for sure um rob is a pseudo local to me and steve uh i live about an hour north of steve and rob lives about an hour north and uh, we had him on because rob has been hosting a pretty interesting tournament series um the buffalo chicken dip do you call it opens or invitational how i I mean really i just refer to as bcdl or buffalo chicken dip legacy i mean they're essentially opens i mean it's more Whoever pays me the quickest, you get the spot, and the bums can kick rocks. Give me your money or get out. Okay. And you usually cap it at 32 people. Is there a reason for that, or just uh, just logistics easier to do? or It's, it's more about logistics. Like okay. The hardest part is getting money from people and having the money to pay for the prize cards. So the sooner people pay me... You know, kind of the the sooner I can take care of that stuff. Makes sense. Makes sense. And this was the third uh, BCDL, right? That happened pretty recently. Yeah, it was the 18th. But yeah, this was number three. We've we've been growing, so you know it's a good sign. I mean, we might start changing the cap. I mean, the original reason behind the cap was just we had. We didn't know. I didn't know what it was going to be. Didn't know how it was going to go. So I didn't want to overpromise and, you know, underdeliver. So that makes sense. It's very, very political of you. I like it. Right. You know, we're just trying to give a first class experience up here. Don't want any of the uh, Twitter trolls jumping on my back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rob, how about you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I'm a corporate and tax lawyer. I started playing Magic around Ice Age. That, you know, tells you how old I am. I think, Steve, you're still probably older than me, right? I'm older than everybody. It's okay. I'm used to it. So, yeah, I started playing, you know, kind of kitchen table when I was a kid in middle school, high school. Just kind of like everybody else. Did a few serious things, I think, like back when it was still type 1. And then I went to college and discovered girls, and pff, magic just kind of fell by the wayside. And yeah, after, uh, after I got married, picked magic back up again. So, <laughs> when you say serious, do you mean like the serious opens, or you mean serious like big events? No, like I remember as a kid playing a couple like type two events back in the day. I remember thinking I was doing well, or I was. I remember being happy with how I did, but I have no clue what in relation that actually was back in the day. Like, I was, like, 12 or 13 at most at the time. Okay. So, yeah, we started running these tournaments, and, you know, it kind of just grew out of my 
out of my kitchen table, you know, like 12 or 10 of us would get together on Fridays and I'd bribe people with some food and buffalo chicken dip to come over. And, you know, that's how we started. That's how we started rolling. And I thought, let's let's grow this. Sounds good. Um, And you mentioned that you're kind of fine with the idea of increasing the cap. Is this something that you would be cool with consistently doing or just going to feel it out and keep it going slowly? Yeah, I think it really depends. Like I've hit cap every time and I've had people on the wait list. So it's done well, but I kind of didn't know what was going to happen. And now that I have a better idea, like I wanted to grow incrementally. And that's kind of the thing I would tell other people trying to do this sort of thing. Don't try to be too big too fast. Like, I know we didn't have the crowd to do, like, what Jeremy Aronson's trying to do in Missouri. Like, that just wasn't going to happen. Like, I'm not putting out 20K and talking about breweries sponsoring. Like, if he's able to pull it off, and it seems like he can, more power to him. But that just wasn't what we were trying to do. I mean, something like that was the original idea. But then getting feedback from people, people wanted consistent, smaller events. So that's what I tried to do. Really just listen to everyone, make something consistent, give people an opportunity to really build into the format and just kind of go from there. Makes sense. And you allow proxies in this tournament, right? Right. So the biggest thing, obviously, with Legacy is the reserve list creates such a financial barrier to some people you know, it, it really prevents a lot of people from really taking the dive in. So removing that barrier and allowing proxies just kind of made a difference. And we've really started pulling a lot of modern players. So modern being absolute trash is pretty good for us right now. Is modern trash or is there just no reason to play it right now? I feel like Pioneer's kind of just taken over where modern used to be, right? Like it just kind of cannibalized here at least locally in columbus it kind of cannibalized the same base you have modern and pioneer really fighting for the same people i think as we're legacy where you just maybe we get a few people dabbling but most are legacy vintage or old school people so i think it doesn't really i would say the problem with modern comes down to like you don't know what's going to happen with wizards right like are they going to support it are they not going to support it you know it's also kind of like primetime versus Tron as the format. I'm not sure if that's going to be fun for anyone in play patterns. But It's looking like SCG is going to continue to support Modern, but I think that's more a byproduct of them cutting out Legacy. Uh, they support Standard to a degree, but you know they don't seem to be super happy about supporting Standard uh, just because of how... The format has been uh, fluctuating in power and leading to people kind of coming in and running away frantically. So it seems like they're kind of just sticking to the formats that have entrenched player bases. And at least with modern, um, a lot of people have their decks still floating around. So they're going to show up to the local open and the grinders are all going to show up anyway, right? Right, but I think, I mean, for me, it's like the, the whole money thing. Like, the cards are really expensive. I think like the Mox Opal banning woke up a lot of people. Matter if your cards cost a lot, yeah, cause you to step away from yeah. it. And in paper, I don't know. Like I think I mentioned this last week. Uh, when I got into modern, it was 
a period where uh, <clears throat> Mox Opal was under the gun consistently. So we just got used to like choosing decks or weighing purchases based on the likelihood of something getting banned. So you know, I, I fundamentally see magic as a privilege, not a right. Um, maybe we didn't talk about this on the cast. I can never remember what we talk about on the cast versus just like our conversations, but I see magic more as a privilege than a right. And, uh, I think you should buy cards within your means. And if you can't afford to have your deck get banned, uh, it's probably best to factor that into your deck selection process. And when you look at a card and, you know, every year there's been a deck that is arguably busted that has that card, you should probably consider that. So, oh, I, I think that I agree with you on this. I mean, I've got foil copies of tons of band cards. I am, I'm, cre- I'm creating a band binder because I, but, uh, I, I really think like that would make modern. Like, because right now, Primetime's really good and Tron's really good. But if you just got busted and with the Opals and the other decks aren't, I, guess potentially like i don't see so with tron people call for it to be banned but the ban arguments for tron are just like it feels really bad to lose to this deck and it's like well tron is the fair deck police so get over it nerd and then the primetime decks i as soon as opal got banned people were like oh primetime's gonna get banned next and it's like sure Wizards has made a point of banning the enablers and not the payoff cards. But banning the six mana, like, ramp payoff thing instead of just, like, getting rid of Field of the Dead, right? Like, Valakut's a pretty easily mitigatable card. It's like Field of the Dead is what's causing a lot of these problems. And just giving these uh, Valakut decks or these Titan decks, these. Like, taking what were already pretty good win rates against the fair decks and just spiking them up to, like, 90%. So. I don't know, man. I don't agree. Like, I don't like the fact that they... I mean, they printed a, what, a prismatic omen creature that's also a ramp spell. And an uh, explore, draw a card, almost better titan for those strategies. Yeah. Like... Sure. Like, there's good ramp cards for the ramp deck. And, like, it's really pain- annoying when all of those pay off into infinite zombies every turn. Yeah. But if you don't have infinite zombies every turn, that forces you to go back to red-green Valakut. Like, the issue right now is that you have decks like Amulet and the Sultai deck that are just, like, good card ramp decks, and then they get to toss Valakut in as a payoff card because of the Prismatic Omen thing. But if you take away field, you force people to just go back to these two-color decks... Probably. Yeah, I mean, what's your best way of fighting Field of the Dead? I mean, legitimately. I mean, at least Valica you could fight with cards like Ruined Halo, if you remember when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Field of the Dead is just way more egregious. Yeah, Valica was narrow enough that post-board you could sideboard just to, like, completely combat shutting off the ramp plan and having, like, your surgicals and... Uh, Field of Ruins or Fulminator Mages, whatever, right? Ghost Quarters. But now uh, you have to have sweepers in against a ramp deck, which just allows the ramp shell to interact with the opponent on an axis that these shells normally can't. Uh, 
and having to have something like Angular Gods or Supreme Verdict against uh, the Titan deck in multiples. That's just, you know, you if you draw them to... if You never want to actually draw that card, right? Like, if you draw when it's good, you're probably losing. And if you draw when it's bad, then you're probably losing because you just lost a draw step. It's like... um. It's like when Omni Show with Dig Through Time played Young Pyromancer, and the Miracle side would have to keep in two to three copies of Terminus, even though it was just like this blank card. I mean, I I, I think it's crazy because Wizards just print cards for Titan in the last year. So you know, th- I think that's why Titan has become such a you know premier deck. They gave a land that co- coincidentally goes you tap five and it makes six. Is there any six mana cards? Sure. There's also the Field of the Dead, like you mentioned. This new explore, draw a card, gain some life, kiss your neighbor card, and then you know there's just a lot of cards the Titan deck is so also a boreal grazer. I mean that's like an obnoxious card that gains. Can we? Yeah, talk we'll about see what happens. How ridiculous it was that people on Twitter were clamoring for an arboreal grazer ban. Like we've we've gone too far. I I don't think I saw that, and if I did, I probably would have had an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, so it was I'm it was ridiculous. Like my process of magic Twitter consists of systematically muting half of it and then like awkwardly unmuting it when I'm trying to read conversations and can't. <laughs> it's just like a lot of magic Twitter is just people parroting the same like air quote hot take or whatever, or people going like, Oh, I'm sure people are gonna hate me for this one and then saying like the most run of the mill opinion ever. It's just like the wackest thing possible. Um, so I tend to just aggressively mute people. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, <laughs> there was a period where I just muted anyone who started a tweet with hot take. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, isn't that the argument about legacy? People complain that it's, it's too expensive. People can't afford it. I can't switch decks, blah, blah, blah. Not everything has to be for everyone. Like, why can't we enjoy the one or two big legacy events of the year? If you can't play it, you can't afford it, or you won't borrow a deck because you only want to play with your own cards, too too bad. I mean, I don't I know. feel like I feel like the barrier of entry cost-wise for legacy is vastly overstated because of how easy it is to borrow cards in the Eternal community. Like, I've had guys... I don't know, send power across the country for me and two people he's never met to play in Eternal Weekend. I've had people I've just met offer to loan me decks. I've seen this happen time and time again. Um, And, like, obviously, the local guy with the 40 set of duels can't stock enough people for a GP, but it can get an extra two, three local guys to head out and... You know, that adds up. I just think that uh, a lot of people just say, hey, Legacy's too expensive for me. And it's just, no, just meet your local Legacy community and you'll have access to cards. I mean, that's kind of what we've told everyone with BCDL. Like, look, you can play with proxies. And we kind of remove that, that barrier, that problem. But everyone in the Legacy community is like, here, take a deck. In Atlanta... I loaned five complete decks, and then I played one. Like, a couple of people I hadn't met. Like, yeah, here, it's it's cool. And, Makes sense. Yeah. 
it was it was a great time. Like another thing I want to touch on is that uh, there's a common misconception that if you allow proxies in a legacy event, people will show up with stuff like four horsemen or all these like terrible decks. But if you give someone functionally infinite money, what they're gonna do is just explore the things that really interest them, and it's usually some like known quantity archetype uh, that they saw someone else play. Like I'm looking over the um, Buffalo Chicken Dip like tournament breakdown, and I'm like, oh, there's no meme decks, and I see like Elementals, and then I see Joe Dyer's name, and I'm just like, he's not on Nick Fit. You know? his, that's his vintage baby, Elementals. He transferred it to Legacy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he has. Is he the reason uh, that people are playing like five color Elementals on Moto for like a yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really? this is the most meme deck in the list. It's a it's the standard deck with Legacy cards. <laughs> it's no, I saw it. The deck like did things. Bobo Barrow is streaming it for a hot second. I mean, when he snowball, when that deck snowballs, it just runs people over. But if you stop the Risen Reefs in the first few turns, it just flops around dead in the water. I mean, are you saying that yeah, Flamekin but... Harbinger isn't a legacy all-star? <laughs> legacy staple Flamekin Harbinger? I mean... Look, I'm just saying, his vintage list looks sick. The Young Pyromancer... Um, I, li- I like the vintage one. Risen yeah, I Reef. like the vintage one oh. a lot. You're telling me I can daze someone and draw a card? Does it play the three man? It plays a three man at Chandra too, right? The new one. I think his vintage list did. I don't know about the legacy. No, list. The, le- the legacy one doesn't. But I thought the vintage one did because you can recast, uh, recall, or time walk, and it also triggers Risen. Mm. This one looks like uh, a tribal. It looks like Soldier Stompy without prison. So it's out the. It's it's Lorwyn Tribal plus Risen Reef, yeah. right? It's not. I mean, it was a not, cool list. Joe Joe plays Joe plays different. He likes to play different. I I remember uh, we played a, at uh, Epic Loot, and I didn't after like I think it was in the third. He day. plays all of them, right? But I mean, I didn't know. Like I was I was like playing him, seeing his cards, and he was like. You have Inferno Titan in your deck? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, we've played three long games. Was this when he was on Scape? Was this the Scape Shift list? I think Scape fits, Burning, Sneak Attack. (laughs) Yes. He's played every... uh, He's played every variant of Nick Fit at this point. That's just like, yeah, man, I'm just going to force will your veteran explorer. Let's go. They have a tribal <laughs> land for prime. They have a tribal land for elementals, back in Lorwyn. Of course, or Morning Tide, whatever it is. Primal Beyond. What? I forgot. <laughs> I'm looking at his list, and I don't even know. So, like Smoke Braider, I didn't know what that did. The fact that he has two wastelands in here makes me want to commit hate crimes. <laughs> you're wait is this five color yeah you're playing five color elementals with two wastelands hey and a main deck carpet of flowers now the he's a birthing pod yes, okay the birthing pod that's that, okay that, that okay no no check check I'm, this out i'm <laughs> risen i might have to burn some tickets on moto hold, hold up hold on risen reef and play and then you ignit chewer their 
their talents and get a get a land drop or a card I'll <laughs> evoke. <laughs> like that's insane. Because I, I did One Simeon Spirit Guide Loki hurts my soul. I didn't even realize that Ignature or Whiskmare. Mm-hmm. This man has Moto searched. He has he has one on he has one on Gatherer and typed in Element. Oh my goodness! I mean, his deck oh, building goodness. is always. I mean, he pulls out these cards that you just have to read and you're like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's you, you got to give him credit for that. Oh, I'm I I 100% would never be able to build this deck, so I will I will give him credit because I that's a lot of creatures. That's way too many creatures. And, um, you know that scene in uh, Infinity War where um, Doctor Strange is looking through every timeline and he's like, I found the one timeline where Thanos doesn't win. I promise you there's no timeline where I would ever come up with a deck that has one Simeon Spirit Guide, one Omnath, <laughs> one Dismember, one Birthing Pod, one Carpet of Flowers in the One main. Flusterstorm? I... One. <clears throat> One flusterstorm. I, I, one birthing pod. <laughs> Joe, Joe, please explain one birthing pod to me. Hey, if Joe, actually, Joe listens, he just needs to come on the cast. Actually, his pod curve is kind of bad. Well, no, no, no. Like his his pod curve is like a two drop, and then you hit. Like you, you hit, hit your Risen, uh, Reef. Risen Reef. You hit Risen Reef, and then you don't want to keep going, and then you have like a one Omnath. So that makes sense. Like, one birthing pot is just good enough <clears throat> to turn, like, your Flamekin Harbinger into, you know, like, a Phantasmal Image or something. I mean... But you don't actually want to, like, have multiple pods. So that actually makes sense. Yeah, but what about... I did watch Joe double Phantasmal Image an opponent's uh, Plague Engineer and named Carrier. <laughs> <laughs> to turn it into... <laughs> <laughs> it was it was hilarious. That's a hate crime. It was a fun match I like to it. watch. <laughs> when you've been playing magic as long as Joe has, usually you know, you go past the kitchen table phase, but Joe just carries his in the trunk of his car. He's ready at all times. I mean he has a spite bellows. I thought you were gonna say he phantasmal imaged his spite bellows. And I would have probably laughed. Because I, I had to read Spite Bellows. I thought it was like deal six. I thought it was like an FTK, but it's not. Yeah, it is. But it, yeah, it's, it has it to is. leave, right? No, it has yeah. to leave. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's the Shriek, Shriek Mall for ETB and Spike Bellows for leave. Yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> I just want to Sun Titan in this deck so bad. Oh my, with Vesper Lark? Yes. Just everything about this deck makes me want to have a Sun Titan. Or at least Flicker Wisps. Well, I mean, look at Vesperlark. Like, you want to tighten that thing. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Bring back power one or less. The average power of his deck is one. So, what is? Well, I mean, he, he would bring back the Risen Reefs. Mm-hmm. And I think you can bring back Image. Yes. Yeah, you yes. can bring back Image off of that. So, it just... It, it, it was just such a snowball thing. Like, if he got rolling on you, he just stomped you. But stopped him in the beginning, and the deck just kind of... You know, didn't do its thing. Is there a bird of paradise for elementals? Yeah, he, like a real one. He has um, smoke breeder. Like, I'm not sure smoke breeders actually makes the cut for me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I, like it's 
damn it. <laughs> it does the thing. What, isn't the um, um, isn't the new Blightning the Blightning? I re- Barbara was streaming a version of this deck, and I think he had more. Uh, I think he had more um, of a white heavy list. It had like more voices, more unsettled mariners, and then it had a Flickerwis, which was pretty interesting to me. Lightning, I think Lightning Skill Elemental's a an element. Well, I guess that makes sense. Skelemental. Yeah, Lightning Skelemental's an elemental. That'd be cool. Basherman. Oh, you know what card that pairs well with? Thunderkin Awakener. Fantastical Image. <laughs> Take all their stuff. Uh, we, we broke it. It kind of does. You don't like the idea of, like, bringing that back? Copying? Again. If only Fantastical Image was an elemental, you know? Uh, True. It's an illusion. But, you know, you know, it does its job. I mean, we're trying to five-color this thing all the way, so I guess. <laughs> we're talking about the red, black, black, or black, red, red. I don't know what Skelemental is. So besides um, the five-color elementals, what else could we foresee in your metagame, Robert? <laughs> Joe, Joe, why do you have no Fulminator mages? <laughs> don't you want the satisfaction of three-mana wasteland? Why? He's got zero-mana wasteland. Why play actual wasteland when you can pay three mana for it? You gotta go all out, right? Like you, you imagine playing against someone and they potter away their smoke braid, and you're like, "Oh, what are you gonna get?" And they fulminator mage you. It'd be it would be hot, and then they wasteland you for real. <laughs> you know what this deck needs? This deck needs some living wishes, so you can living wish for your fulminator. But mage. you can't cast them. So, no. True. <laughs> can this deck basically not cast? I can cast non-creatures. It can cast, like, the birthing pod carpet. Can this... How does this deck cast carpet of flowers? I don't know. Yeah, that that reflecting pool is Pro- doing some work. And mana confluence. And mana com- that confluence, that, yeah. Jesus. That, that reflecting pool is... You're leaning. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Joe, my guy, I don't know about this carpet of flowers. Just just, just change it. We're, we're just going to go ahead and call it a Fulminator Mage. Just call it done. <laughs> and get our Sun Titan, because Sun Titan Fulminator Mage. I'm going to have to sounds kind of hot. All right, let's not go. <laughs> go down the elemental rabbit hole. Yeah, I'm real close to opening uh, Gather and just Are, going through. Lauren. Already on it. <laughs> <laughs> well worth since we're here no. I gotta look I can't help it oh my god but yeah I mean just kind of to your earlier point you know even allowing proxies people were basically looking at kind of the top decks I mean locally our metagame kind of is about the same as MTGO which is different than a lot of what you find at other places and looking at the meta, I mean, the list that won was basically Callum's list. I think there was a card or two difference, but Callum's been crushing online, and our boy Corey just kind of took it and you know, smashed some face with it. Yeah, good old uh, blue-green Eureka Tell. Seeing if anything else stands out to me in the um, blue-white spirits. Okay. <laughs> So, I've actually seen a few blue-white spirits lists. I kind of wonder which one this is. Are all the deck lists posted anywhere, Rob, or...? Yeah, Joe put them on Goldfish. 
So all 32 are up there. And true. I'll see if I can find the link. Yeah, in his article, I think there's like three or four of our lists. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the rest posted somewhere. He sent me He sent me the link. I got it. Can you send it to me on Facebook? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just going to post it in the show or send notes. it to the chat. Oh. You want, you want it on Facebook? Yeah. Either works. Show notes is probably better for people to dig up later. Yeah, I mean, if people keep signing up for these, we'll keep expanding it. So if you haven't followed the page on Facebook or Twitter... It's Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy. And um, what is your price payout looking out like right now? So Joe actually put a picture up on his article on gold. He just he did a fantastic job kind of really getting a lot of information out of the tournament. What I try to do is pay out in prize cards instead of cash to allow people to build into the format. That's kind of one of the things I really wanted to push when we were starting this was to kind of grow the community as opposed to just, Hey, come spike it, come get some cash and see you later for this one. We did an underground seat of first place, the Bayou or a trap to second and third place, a Savannah to fourth place and a force of will to fifth through eighth place for a $35 entry. You get food. I did a couple I usually do promos just kind of something fun that I stole from old school, you know, stamping cards, just kind of a little memento, and you get some chicken dip. <laughs> Meaning, if if you're thinking about that for thirty five bucks, people spend way more on SCG events and get significantly less. So this is really a great EV event. I agree. I definitely, and I mean, it reminds me of the old, you know, when you got to play that and. You know, you had a great time, but now it's like you're you're not really where, in my opinion, where you peace and stuff like that. I miss the old time where, like, you got, like, a little bit of a prize. And it's more like, a you know, a memory. Like, a card with the I saw little stamp cards. And those are, like, you can look at those later on and go, hey, I, you know, that was a fun time. I, now it's like 100 bucks and you don't get anything. You might get a print. Yo, this Blue White Spirits list is making me feel some type of way. And I'm really not sure what that type of way is right now. Kira. <laughs> I see the Kira. I'm like, I'm like looking through this list. I'm like, okay, cards to fairy makes sense. Lingering souls, okay. Astrolabe, anything is possible. Um, looking at this sideboard, two veil of summer and an Oko for the culture, I guess, and a plague engineer. I mean, <laughs> just one. The lingering souls is flavor, right? It's flavor. They're spirits. Yeah, they are. I mean, look, I wouldn't want to play against this deck with. Most fair shells, right? No. Triple to fairy, five forces. You know, Stoneforge Mystic eat your heart out. I think to fairy is an auto include when you have Spellqueller, right? <laughs> My brain didn't even register Spellqueller, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and the Oko works with it too, so I would put the Oko in the main. Maybe over these Astrolabes. Maybe you do. Oko has to be better than Lingering Souls, right? Yes. Like. If you're going to play the Astrolades, you may as well get your value out of them. And then, like, this deck has one Plague Engineer for its Black Splash. I'd rather just go Bant. And, like, you can do Bant and then, like, maybe splash one Black Source plus your Astrolades for your Plague Engineer or two. But 
if you aren't playing more than one plague engineer, I feel like you can maybe do something else. There has to be some better sweeper. I mean, you're in white sweepers. You have yeah. Hit him with a settle the wreckage for the culture. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like what you would. I mean, you're a flyer deck. Like you don't need that. Elves. It's this deck probably just has a really bad elves matchup specifically. But I don't think a singleton copy of Plague Engineer is settling that. No. I'd rather have like engineered explosives. This deck's curve, kind of, like you have Mausoleum Wonder and Arkham's Astrolabe. So, EE on one is not really that painful for you. No. So I'd rather just have that. Plus, it also doubles as Chalice Protection, slash like answers for like moon stompy goblins and stuff like that. I'm actually surprised there's no spectral sailors in here. Uh, you, you're oh. never getting to four mana to draw any cards. I mean, <laughs> I hate the fact that I'm the only one here who has no idea what this card is. It's a one. It's a one drop one one flash flyer that you can pay three in a blue, but it's also a spirit. All right, Stephen. Okay, you could play this card. <laughs> but please, hold please on. do. Let me let me let you in on a secret. There's a card in Legacy that also for one mana immediately lets you draw three cards. You have to put two of them back. They have that in the list already. Can't play five. But, but <laughs> they, you never they know. They could Steven. play their first ponder. <laughs> exactly. I don't. This deck. Uh, I guess Arkham's Astrolabe is kind of draw smoothing. Kind of. I mean, it, there's something there, but I don't think there's enough pieces on the legacy power level. Like, I've been trying to do dead and taxes forever and just dead. combine spirits and death and taxes, but it just it just hasn't panned out. <laughs> oh, yeah. What ends up happening is your mana just ends up being terrible and you just lose. You can never use your wastelands. I really just want a good deck to be called dead and taxes. I would work on a black-white zombie death just... and taxes. Everybody's just going to call that dead guy ale. Yeah, that's already been done. No, that's not... That that deck didn't have ports. It couldn't... Just put Days and Hogak. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Days Gak? Dead in Taxes. Days is technically a tax effect, kind of. Kind of. Afterwards. <laughs> It'll tax your opponent's sanity. They won't play around it. I mean, I'm not playing around Days. It also combos with Hedron Crab. See? Boom. Thirst for Knowledge, MTG, Done. Magic the Gathering podcast, breaking legacy on a weekly basis. You heard it here first. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the second place list, because I love Food Chain. Come on. Uh, this was the deck I lost to in, in top four, uh, a buddy of mine, Joe, out of Cleveland. This deck is hot. It's just bug cards. Every I, I thought every bug deck has been the same cards since like 2012. Gilded Goose. You get Ice sure. Fang and you get Oko no. now. Every bug deck is the same. It's just like what flavor of bug do you want to run? Do you want to run playable bug, unplayable bug, bug with combo, bug with four mana combo card? Like it's just which bug deck do you want to run? It's all the same cards. I I find it slight season. You know. I find it amazing that when I. There was um, a couple of the food in the challenge and the 5-0 dump, and they were cutting Manipulate Fate. They were shaving on their draw four. 
And I was trying to figure that's it out. Not, figure Why? It out. <laughs> that's the best card in the deck. Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, I guess the idea is like you don't need to lean in as hard on the combo as you used to. Um, because Bug has just gotten a bunch of good cards, but then you play against literally any deck that's like blue, and then you cast Manipulate Fade, and if it resolves, you just win the game more yeah. or less. <clears throat> that's how I lost to him. <laughs> yeah. <Shocker. laughs> well. In game three, he resolved Manipulate Fate. Game two, I forced it. I'm like, no. No, no, no. <laughs> It's not happening on my watch. <laughs> and it's not even just draw four. It's draw four, and then you have these recursive creatures that are just... You deal with them, and they come back. So it really just gives you this grind that you're not going to get. So I it's I think three is the right number. I think you got to have three in the deck. What is this Arkan Fever Dream that you played, Robert? Oh, you talking about four color dread horde, the new hotness on the streets? Um, yeah, this is this is hot. So hot. This... So I kind of took two ideas. One, and both of them were essentially. For, so I took Tomas Mars kind of check pile theory. You know, just this two for one pile, and he was playing a version kind of with white. So I just kind of ganked the mana base. I was like, well. Snow-covered island and Astrolabe do everything you want. And if you have enough fetches, you have perfect mana the entire time. So you combine that with basically Arcanist two for oneing and just grinding people out of the game. I mean, this is kind of like a mid-range deck. I mean, I felt like I had the answers for everything. Where's your swamp? You don't even know swamp. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up Arkham's Astrolabe 3 Snow Covered Islands. Where's your swamp? You got two undergrounds. You have a Caracas in your deck. Where's your swamp? <laughs> I hate this so much. I hate the fact that like you're almost you're pretty much incentivized to just build your mana base as objectively wrong as possible because it just doesn't matter as long as Astrolabe is on the table. Just like basic swamp, nope. Three basics, all islands, yep. <laughs> and that's the thing I said in my interview with Joe in his article. It was like, you have the perfect mana between 11 fetches and four Astrolabes. There's no consequence to just playing whatever you want. Like, like let's just take as many of the best cards as I can and just jam him in the deck. You have a no rod. I mean, the only no thing rod. that didn't really make the cut was the <laughs> Robert, what are you doing? It's a no rod. <laughs> what, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, but it, against right. the combo decks with LED, you want no rod. With 11 fetches, even if you shut off your astrolabes... You're going to draw yeah. a fetch and go get the land you need. Okay. You, just, you built your mana base like you haven't seen a stifle in a while. I'm, I'm looking at <laughs> spec stifle. I'm looking at thought seas. I'm looking at drown and lock. And then I'm looking at no rod. <laughs> but it hurts. But I get it. I get what you're saying, but it hurts. What's that Jace doing there? Get rid of that Jace. You're mad. I appreciate the disrespect that's just going on here. 
But that's the whole point right now. You can do this and get away with it because Astrolabe is just such an egregious card. You gotta have your one of Wasteland for the exactly. culture. Exactly. I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> this deck needs a field of rune to go get your swamp. <laughs> <laughs> oh I really God. can't believe it. Like this is like you've got more testicles than I than I do, sir. You have way more testicle power. I'd be like, I'd be scared. Three islands done. <laughs> Check. <laughs> it's easier to write on a sheet though. I, I do approve of that. <laughs> and we've got online deck submission for BCDL. We in the future, son. So the, so what's the reason for no swamp? <laughs> that was that was 1990s tech. We in we in 2020. We got Astrolabe. Only communists play swamps. <laughs> Man, but this deck is hot. I like the Tarmogoyfs. I really like the Tarmogoyfs a lot. This mana base is giving me an aneurysm, but yeah, the rest of the deck looks sick. <laughs> I mean, the Goyfs were great closers. I mean, sometimes you just need a beater. Need that thick boy? Yeah. I honestly would just... Only two Snapcaster. Interesting. I would jettison the Jace and make it a third Oko. Or a fourth Goyf. Yeah, the changes I've been working on for the deck, I took out the two Snapcasters... And ended up putting in a Euro and an Entomb. <laughs> what? Robert. Yeah, we, we get real disrespectful. <laughs> no Swamp. No Robert. Swamp. Entomb. Robert. Gotcha. All right. Let me suggest some changes. Cut Jace. Cut the Snapcaster. Sure. F- fucking Tomb. All right. Two Euro. Steve, Steve, you know what card I'm about to say. I expected him to finish my sentence. I thought we were better friends than this. Unearth. I knew you were going to say it. I was Unearth. just hoping you weren't. Does Unearth work Come on, on Dreadhorde? It does. It's a three drop. Yeah. It's a three drop. But it doesn't come. It's, it's only escaping. So it, all it does is just explore. Yeah. But that's cool. I like it. Dreadhorde, I can't unearth my Euro. Wait, wait. That's what I call value, value volume six. Hold on. Can we do both? One of each giant. Oh, speaking of the red-black giant, mm-hmm. Peter Vanderham. He's been playing it. He's been playing Grixis Control with... Uh, Wait, what? I can't... Peter, I tagged you on it, remember? You thought it was crazy. Yeah, I was like, two mana Raven's Crime, not playable, and then... I forgot Peter Vanderham exists, and he'll play fucking one stifle... <laughs> Jesus, let me put this in the show notes here yeah but wait wait a minute if you entomb or you unearth euro you still have to sack it because it didn't escape right right it's right just an explore. but then you get to but then you get to dreadhord euro back that's the point you know you you know you love it no so <laughs> here's let me let wait, me wait. defend entomb to you let me defend the one entomb <laughs> all, right, all right shoot so i was i was testing it this week I had an Arcanist on board, Entomb in hand, and I needed Thoughtseize. Because I was playing against a combo deck. So it let me go get the Thoughtseize, attack cast the Thoughtseize, take a combo piece. Against a fair matchup in another game, I'm playing against DNT, end of turn, Entomb Euro, then escape him on my next main phase. 
and just start riding the value train. They didn't have swords of what power. Mouse chairs or I mean, for Arcanists, they're going after the Arcanists and the Goyfs. But the Caracas takes care of Euro. Yeah. Yeah, but then you just get to replay it. <laughs> you know what we call that, Steve? The value train, Steve. <laughs> I think that I, I'd be afraid of getting beat down, but okay. <laughs> At least I'll die with a full hand of cards. <laughs> That's what I'm putting on Honorog's gravestone when he dies. <laughs> No, he's a con- he's a storm player now. Oh, he is a storm player. At least I had thirty six cards in my graveyard. <laughs> I'm a- Damn. I- <laughs> yeah, I think you'd want the four thoughtsies before the first. Reanimate plus Euro is life neutral. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm- Robert, get to it. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I do like oh, I do yeah. like the idea of the giants in this, but I mean both. I want I want the red black one too. I think Raven's Crime is cool. I mean it's uh, Bolt Raven's Crime, right? Uh, yeah, I mean that's what you're about, right? You you have three bolts in you, your deck. With three mana, you get to stifle the trigger, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he also has a list that's uh, kind of dreadnought. It only has two dreadnoughts. Oh yes, I saw that. Uh, and it's the scroll of fates, but it also have the Lazavs, yeah. so that pairs well with Kroxa. He's just living, you know, in the year th- year three thousand, while the rest of us are <laughs> putting Thalia's into play on turn two. Every time I look at one of Peter's lists, I'm like, "Where? What is going on in Europe? How are they so far ahead of us?" This this is Trump's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mr. Wilson, he's he's uh, he's with you on this. He has astrolabes and no rod too. So, you you are a progressive. I am I am Dutch. <laughs> the the Delver Underworld Breach deck. Now that was that was a beautiful pile out of Peter. I was all about that one. Yeah. Is that viable? Is that an actual deck? I mean, I can't uh, t- I can't tell with with his list cuz it's like, yeah, he can win. It's like Bara, right? You see this pile and you're like, what the hell is this? And he wins with it, and then you pick it up and you're like, what the hell is this? And you've just lit tickets in fo- on fire. Yeah. Uh you know, I'm not saying Barra has a 100% win rate against Baneslayer Angel, but uh, <laughs> never gonna forget. Sith Sith placed ninth with four color miracles, and it was yeah. AK miracles uh, with Oko. It's probably the same list that Men ran, which is probably the list something close to a 75 that Men and I were talking about. Were yeah. you guys playing the AK? Yeah, as a way to make the mana easier instead of playing like both Snake and Oko, because it leads to a lot of really wonky mana sequencing and puts you in a position where your deck's mana works if you have Astrolabe. But if you don't have Astrolabe, you basically just don't function as a deck. Um, so we were leaning in on AK, and then like the sideboard, I didn't have anything to do with this, uh, but it's like cards that I agree with. Mentor, 
I would not have returned to nature. I get the logic behind it, but I would have nature's chant because of mana concerns, and then containment priest makes sense. Three veil, three blast, hydro blast makes sense. One fluster makes sense. I think in the last list I threw together, I had a main deck volcanic island, which I admit was probably greedy. But that's usually how I start things. Greedy and then scale it back. Mine has the Volcanic Island on the main. I have nine fetches. Mm. Piece of um, old Mystic Sanctuary. Yep. Sure. But I also like... I mean, they have the tenth fetch instead. But I also have the snakes. So I think I don't mind not fetching. Because I go down my library faster. But, I mean, I guess they have eight case. So it works out. Min feels like Mystic Sanctuary is like pretty important in these decks and uh i played two having having all of these fetches makes sense to really leverage that effect to its full potential especially with ak like snake lets you play a more of a mid-rangey game where the ak's force you to lean in harder on like terminus and some of your singular effects so yeah they have four it makes sense they have four terminus i have three and then one so i think that's the difference i'm i'm pretty uh, confident that if you are playing only AKs, you need four Terminus. Yes. Um, you don't because once you figure out that the Miracles list isn't running Ice Fangs, you can just try and run them over mm-hmm. and hold up the counter for whatever you actually need to counter. And the jig is kind of up. I mean, this deck is kind of riding the fact that you're expecting Ice Fangs in some some way. Also, yeah, to a degree. I hadn't really thought about it like that. That's a good way of looking at it. No Sabine's Reclamation's surprising. Uh, card's much worse without Quaddle. Okay. Because, like, the Quaddle lists have, like, three to four snakes plus, like, the two to three Okos plus, like, usually two Teferi and then they shave on, like, Snapcaster Mages, right? Um, yeah, I mean... Or go down to two snaps, so, like... I go to one Jace. That's what I do. I guess that's the difference. I'm only a one Jace deck. I don't know you anymore. Man, Jace sucks. He just gets red blasted. You know it. You don't like playing. Well, I'm. I don't. I'm not playing Magic that much at all. But look, man, I will pick up three cards and put two back in a heartbeat. I, I cast Brainstorm, and then Snapcaster. Rip. You guys need to come up. Uh, come up here and scrap on these streets. Get some of that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Might have to come up and show these kids what's what. Yeah, I mean, look, look at our player list. It's like the grandparents versus the kids. It is. It's like all of the Ohio legacy dudes versus a bunch of names I don't recognize. Hey, we got Steve Sizemore in six with uh, depths. I'm I'm kind of baffled by the depths, but playing Lance and Delver. So I guess this is just like his combo of the two. Lands Delver and Storm are what Steve usually plays. Um, I, I vaguely remember him talking in the Discord before this tournament, just kind of saying he was like a little bit burned out on playing like all of the fair decks because um, he hasn't been enjoying the gameplay pattern. So it makes sense that he would, you know, sling some twenty twenties. Yeah, he was so playing I, a, a slow depths with the full set of confidants. Cyborg Bitter Blossom's really interesting to me. I don't know if I've seen that in depth, or if it I have, it's been quite some time. Yeah, he's dropped the trackers, right? No trackers? Mm, 
yeah, it looks like he's also not really running the Liliana package. I guess one. I guess he just wanted the Bitter Blossom to kind of do something in the mirror, maybe. But I'm not even sure that really matters. Um, I guess he's low on he's a, he's also low on libraries, right? He's only got one library in the seventy-five. Yeah, there's only one. Yeah, I guess Bob and like Reclaimer and all these other cards do enough against the Tundra decks where you historically want these cards. And then Bitter Blossom, I guess, gives you more Edict protection. Though I feel like these this deck is already pretty protected against Edict. I'd be curious to hear Steve's reasoning. I'd be inclined to have this Bitter Blossom slot be maybe something else, like a second Force of Vigor, but... You don't like the idea I of Bob not... and Bitter Blossom? You gotta live a little. Live a little. Bleed your life out. Yeah, I mean, no fear. Your opponent's probably still gonna die before you do. Correct. His deck's curve is, like, so low that the average is probably somewhere just over one. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't be afraid of Bob. I would, however, maybe cut one Bob for a second Sylvan library. Yeah, I'd want a library. I think two libraries is, because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, Narset's plummeted in play, it seems, so I would definitely go that way. Any other decks that caught your eye, Robert, at your event? Roger's mono-red painter list was pretty entertaining. Oh, the Sundering Titan version? Bomat Courier. Okay, yeah. Bomat Courier. I've seen this version. Yeah, Legacy Staple Bomat Courier. Yeah, I have <sighs> definitely been um, curb-stomped by this deck. <laughs> it's so aggressive. Beaumont Courier. <laughs> Beaumont Courier. Steven, have you ever seen someone play Goblin Engineering? You're just like, oh, I'll let it resolve. What's the worst thing that could happen? They'll go get something random, and they'll get a Painter Servant, and I'll be fine, or whatever, and then they fucking get a Sundering Titan, and you're just like, oh, guess I'm dead. <laughs> guess I... <laughs> just like, oh... Goblin weld that one back harder, Daddy. It's 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 hot, fiery islet. <laughs> it's it's the power of uh, power of the uh, horizon lands. We're gonna draw cards in all of them. Mm. Yeah, why not? All and it's free shenanigans. Yes. What's kind of odd about Roger's list? I'd expect to see a Karn, but eh, I guess I see it. I don't know. You well, would think two... that Karn the Great Creator would be in here somewhere, but... Well, there are two builds of the deck. There's the, um... There's this list, which is more of, like, the all-in goblin plan of just, like... You know, making people suffer <laughs> in that regard. And then there's, like, a more traditional painter list that's, like, a bit more of an artifact stompy deck. Like, this deck is kind of like a grindy value deck that has a, like, weird combo and just so many red blasts. Icar Wellspring. Legacy All-Star. I'm loving Icar Wellspring and Pyrite Spellbomb. You don't know pain until you watch your pain or opponent cycle Icar Wellspring. Not a, Yeah, Icar Wellspring and, um, what was it? I think I played against someone who had some non-zero number of, uh, Astrolabe. Yes, yes. Just That's, just because it was a one-man artifact that cycled. Just like, okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. 
build your own recall. <laughs> How about draw three, don't put any back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great tournament. I mean, I think the next one we're going to do is in March. So if anyone's in the central Ohio area, you know, maybe an hour away and wants to come scrap instead of, you know, just grinding it out on moto. And... Oh, Steve doesn't play Moto. <laughs> He's too busy playing fighting games on the PlayStation. When does the when does that um, Final Fantasy come out, Steve? Uh, it got bumped to April, I believe, because I was kind of annoyed by it. All right, so just a heads up: there probably won't be any episodes of the podcast in April. <laughs> hey, we just had the updates at Kingdom Hearts Three, a DLC, and I still made it. So updates. They they did a <clears throat> DLC where they. They added all the bad guys that should have been. It's the new to do. Don't finish a game. Give them part of the game, and then later on they'll do more. April 10th, Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was supposed to be not better. Is that the whole remake of the game, or is it just part of it? Or is it like episodic? It's episodic. They want to eke out each disc. Oh, that's trash. I agree. I agree. So wait, how much is each episode? I had $60. I had $60. So they're going to... They're going to get $200 out of you, at least. I'm not saying that I'm going to do this. I'm not even going to say that I probably will get these special editions, so... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Steve's talking about spending $200 to replay a game, and I'm over here mulling over the decision to spend $13 on eBay to buy, like, the PS4 Spider-Man game. I've been playing it. It's great. <laughs> you can get it for, like, $20 new, 15 at Christmas time, with all the suits, it's amazing. My kid got it for Christmas. Yeah, I went to. I tried to. I went to like GameStop and it was like thirty something dollars, and I was like, "What the hell? This game's been out for ever, right?" Yeah, it was fifteen dollars for the, for the for the complete edition. Yeah, you know your problem is going to GameStop though, right? Yes. Like yes. you knew you knew walking in there that you were probably going to bend over and take it's it. It's a pawn shop. It's, it's basically a You mean, shop. I knew walking in there, I was probably going to walk out, and yes, that is pretty much exactly what happened. I, I consider them like and, a uh, pawn shop yeah. that preys on kids. GameStop is such a racket. Bring back Funko Land. Y'all remember EB Games? Yeah. GameStop Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And Funko Land. Yeah. Uh, so the Legacy Showcase happened... Stefan Schultz won with Breach Combo. People are going to try and play more permanent base Graveyard Hate or something, but the deck has answers for it, so... Uh, yeah. He has main deck, Seal of Cleansing and... Yeah, I watched Anurag get Chaliced and win because of the Seal of Cleansing. Uh, the list is looks really well constructed. There's, like, maybe a couple slots that can be tweaked here and there. Uh... But for the most part, it is uh, it is a monster. Grinding Station Familiar deck is a nice fifth copy of Brain Freeze. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out the Grinding Station. I guess it's like only for the combo. It's like the... Um... Mm -hmm. It mills your deck. It lets you... Um... So if you have like Lotus Petal, you can... And uh, what is the card? Unrolled Breach... You just keep milling three, 
and then recasting your Lotus Petal until you hit, like, Lion's Eye Diamond. And you basically just keep casting uh, that artifact over and over until you hit your Brain Freeze. And then you cast that and go off, because you've probably cast LED or whatever enough times to flip your deck. Okay. Yep. I think in Pioneer they play, like, Chronic Flooding or something. It's just a graveyard. It fills up your graveyard. Yeah. I have not seen the Pioneer version of the deck. The rest of this top eight is kind of whatever to me. Oh, shout out to Matthew Vuk. He's just straight up cut Liliana from Agrolom to play Oko. Why not? <laughs> That's The fact that he's playing Kuneros, the Hound Vathrios, is um, alarming. Uh, yeah, I have it's nothing. A, <laughs> that's alarming. Yeah, that is alarming to me, but, you know, the rest of this top eight is not a shock. A bunch of Delver of Secrets and then combo decks and Arkin playing Dredge. Because here, here's a secret for Moto. If you're playing a Legacy Premier event and you get paired against Arkin... The odds that he's playing a dredge deck are exponentially high. He's basically always played dredge in these things. I mean, to be fair, he always does well with it. Mm-hmm. The twelfth place breach list is interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, Teferi's Emery's see the synod going more of an artifact heavy base, but like <laughs> get straight body bagged by Nolrod dot deck even harder. Yeah. Ooh, Ancient Tomb. That's interesting. I guess that kind of makes sense. Well, they're Chalice deck, it's right? Just... They want that Chalice start. Oh, it has Chalice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. It's it's That is, uh... Huh. <laughs> Neat. So what do you think is the next, uh, next move in Stefan and Anurag's list? Like, what... What do you think is a good way to attack it? I wouldn't be shocked if these lists started playing some number of Teferi because Stefan and Anurag played the mirror and the mirror just kind of looked really bad. Um, like, defense grid seems fine, but I could see Teferi being a potential better card because it has some utility against creatures game one. Like, uh, it gives you a game one out to, like, Leovold, technically. And then it also cuts off counter magic, which seems interesting to me. Um, in terms of combating it... I, like I said, er, er, this may have been pre-show, but I would pop in and out of Honorog's stream while I was playing this, and, like, the deck is just oddly resilient because of the cards you need to interact with that are so narrow, right? Um, I wonder if, if you're playing, like, Miracles, I wonder if you're just supposed to start playing Orem's Chant in your deck. Or Swan Song. Is well, no, you let them cast their Underworld Breach, and then you Orem's Chant them. But, like, you could technically disenchant it or whatever, but, like, uh, the Silence effect has utility in, like, Control Mirrors and against other combo decks, technically. I think it's you would probably have to cut some or Veil of some or whatever, but, you know. Disenchant works. It does the issue... Yeah, those do. The issue is the Pact of Negation, right? Yeah. Uh, if they, if they like, get to do an EOT Brain Freeze, untap, play their thing, 
impact of negation like really gets you. So I'm really looking at um permanent base hate. Like the issue is that they're in Jeskai, which means that they have answers to artifacts and enchantments pretty easily. It's not like Ant or Tess where they can answer artifacts and then would have to bounce most enchantments and then hope you don't replay them. And the deck can go off from such a low base. I mean, this deck can go off when... It, it's a... Unreal Breach LED plus, like, a Brain Freezer uh, grinding station. There you go. Well, I mean, like... That's a combo. In theory, they could just go off of... Like, if it's a top deck war and they top deck Underworld Breach, they can cast it. And if they have more mana, they can start, like, chaining. Right, just chain cantrips, do the old... Pa- the value pass in planes, but for two mana. Right. And especially since they can chain, like, they can chain a brain freeze, right? Yeah. I'd be interesting to see lists that play, like, Rite of Flame. Uh, like, this list is interesting because it's fairly resilient. It has a decent amount of protection, but I'm curious to see what would happen if these decks just try to go faster. I don't know. I mean, this deck is, it's a scary deck because I think that's what's scary about it. Is it, Storm decks, if you get them down on cards, you know, they have to hit passive flames, but they but passive flames, and this is just to start up a. So the offset factor is that this deck doesn't have rituals, so like soft counter magic is technically still good against it, which is probably why they have like defense grid and have to lean in on these effects. But fluster storm isn't. Sure, I mean, it actually the, the our classic storm you know combo hate card doesn't do. Any- I guess the move is just, like, Grafdigger's Cages plus protection effects, but, like, the deck is playing four silences, so if they really want to force through their wear terror, they can lead on silence, and then you have to counter that. And then, you know, it's they can set up situations where they just get to go off through your disruption. I think that's my biggest issue with the deck. Um, you either need an absurd excess of protection... Or you need a really fast clock, right? Yeah. I mean, it's Das's Oracle. Das's Oracle is such a... I We were talking about pre-show, about the Pioneer deck with Das's Oracle and Inverter of Truth. Such an annoying card because you can't... If it resolves, you're dead. You know, there there is no... I mean, Stifle. If you have Stifle, you're good. That's it. Actually, uh, is Stifle good again? Stifle maybe, right? Does it Stifle... I guess the storm trigger. Well, all these, brain freeze. all these like control decks are playing uh, a bunch of fetches, right? Yep. Tess is playing Wishclaw Talisman. Um, it's like decent enough against depths. <coughs> Stifle actually seems like not terrible to me right now. Didn't Bob play two in the Legacy playoff in his his deck? This second place deck here doesn't have any. Yeah, the second place list is just stock blue-red. Yeah, they're trying to kill you. But, but like, a very aggressive Stifle Delver deck could be interesting to me. Um, like, Wasteland still seems kind of schmedium with everybody playing all of these basics. So it makes sense to be a more aggressive Delver shell. And if you're worried specifically about, like, the blue half of the format, along with these... Um, Unroad Breach decks, Stifle seems great. Or just play Spell Snare. Like, that card still exists. Yeah. 
Yeah, the five O the five O's were pretty much the same thing. I mean, I think Bara played Rug Natural Order. Cartesian played Rug. Net. The the year of green is still going on apparently. Magic. Yeah. So, let's get to the thing that we really had Rob on here to do. Oh my! Are we about to get grilled? Winter. <laughs> we, we talking about winter grilling season? Yes, winter grilling tips. Ooh, man, we're we're right in the thick of uh, winter grilling season here. Last time I talked about how to make the best juicy Jamaican style corn. Right now, I'd make I still cook steaks outside. We even had a real winter in Ohio. I haven't had to pull out a real coat. It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah, you just season them up with a little salt and pepper. Cook them for a few minutes on each side. Ooh. <laughs> how long do you... Steven, you're going to get another... <clears throat> how long do you sit on the... Uh, how long do you let them sit out? Like, I like mine to sit out for about an hour. Sit out on the counter, warm up. Oh, it let them rest? No. Like, before grilling. Oh, okay. I let them rest ten minutes afterwards. But before, I like to live on the counter for and get up to room temperature. So when they grill, that medium... I, I like medium rare, but I want like you know, I don't want my the I don't want it to be cold, and a lot of times it's cold in the middle because they. Mm. That makes sense. So what what do you put on top of your steak? I just put salt and pepper. A little butter. You gotta try some gorgonzola. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh no, a little bacon crumbles. Dr- yeah, I do some different dressings. I thought you meant like just seasoning. I just put salt and pepper. Oh yeah, salt yeah, salt and pepper. And pepper. I just yeah. put salt and pepper. No, I'll do like butter and then rosemary or um, gorgonzola with like a, like a bacon like we'll do kind of thing where it melts across. But most of the time, I just I like my steak to taste like steak. Did, did you say bacon jam? Oh yeah, you never heard of bacon jam? Oh yeah, you never yeah. Heard of what in the fucking America is that? See, okay, I understand. You're in Ohio. Sometimes in parts of Ohio, you're very white around you. Bacon jam is like the best thing ever. <laughs> Bacon-based relish. Oh, yes. Jesus fucking Christ. You gotta get out of Ohio. You get, it, you get your you sweet get and your salty. Mm-hmm. I can feel my body fat raising. It's it's amazing. It, it, it It's everything you want in one thing. This sounds like some offshoot of epic mealtime concoction. What the fuck? The Midwest has no chill. <laughs> I swear. Bacon jam's great. Like cheese ball? Like cheese ball? Like, come on. Cheese ball's nasty. I don't understand. Cheese ball is nasty. Yeah, that's true. Cheese curds are great. But. Fry them. For those who don't live in Ohio, cheese ball is a recipe that consists of mixing cream cheese with a lot of just random stuff. Yes. It's uh cheddar and some other stuff. It it uh it tastes like depression <laughs> and like stomach sickness. I mean, I don't even think cream, I don't even think cream cheese is actual cheese. So that that's what annoys me. It's like you know, it's like it's a cheese ball, but it's made I don't, out of something that's not really cheap. I don't. I don't want to think about what cream cheese actually is. I, I, there are just some things in the world that you don't want to know, you know. And what 
cream cheese consists of? Definitely not something on the list of things I want to know. It's Lawrence. You it's, you want that real white people stuff here? <laughs> you take buffalo chicken dip and you put it on top of a cheeseburger. I knew it. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, it's awesome. See, I don't even actually like buffalo chicken dip that much. It's always like too creamy for me. It's look, buffalo chicken dip just tastes like gentrification to me. That's <laughs> like, that's Robert. Is yours fire? Like, does it burn you? Does it burn your soul? I feel like I've really found that balance of it's hot enough that people that like spicy food enjoy it, but not so hot that people that don't like spicy food can't enjoy it. Right, so I feel like I've, I've found a good balance. But what's your hot? A lot of people make buffalo chicken dip and it just tastes like cream cheese with some Frank's Red Hot with oh. like shredded, ch- like boiled chicken in it. And it's just like the weirdest thing ever. Well, I mean, I got this recipe from a white lady at Barnes and Noble. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> So, so you just spoiled Robert's uh, recipe, basically. Yeah, you, you just threw me under the bus, Lawrence. <laughs> well, time to change the open name. Buffalo Chicken Wing open? Little Ooh. Buffalo Boneless Chicken Nuggets? Oh, don't be or, boneless. Sorry, bone. Sorry, boneless wings are just chicken nuggets. That's right. The Buffalo Chicky Nuggy open? Eh? <laughs> I'm okay with the chicken dip. But yeah, I, I like chicken dip, but mine is gonna burn you a lot. Most people, I can't serve it. Bring it, bring it up. I might, I might be. Well, we'll see about March. I gotta look at this. I gotta look at the schedule for March because March is gonna sound and look good. I don't know what I'll play, but I might just show up no matter what, even if I don't play. Because I, I don't. Even, you know, maybe I'll, I'll slip you that date early. You know? Yo, shout out to this person who five would with what's basically modern mono red. Uh, Prowess. Yes, it was hot. I, I looked at it three times and was baffled. It's just like mono red prowess pre banning of faithless looting. Yes, and then four fire blasts third in the main. Did you see the um, curse stompy from Orem? Uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Orem tweet about it. Do you remember? Do you remember when there was a curse deck with the the Nick the Nick fit deck? So. Chancellor of the Dross. Yeah, just cut cut those bad rectors out of your deck. They're they, they're expensive anyway. <laughs> just play. Can someone explain Chancellor of the Dross to me? Um, when you reveal this card from your opening hand, or you may, <laughs> if you do, at the beginning of your first upkeep, each opponent loses three life. Then you gain life equal to the life loss this way. Flying lifelink. Six six. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks. No, can, oh, you can put it in off of Soren because it's a Correct. vampire. There we <laughs> you go. You did the same thing I did. I was like looking around, like, why is Soren in this deck? And then I like, what? What is this creature type on this stupid Chancellor? I was trying to figure out why we would play Chancellor and Soren. Okay, it's a yeah combo. Did you guys see Liquid Metal Stompy and Bant Boggles uh, uh. in the five O's? Band hexproof here. True name, invisible stalker, Oko. Thanks, I hate it. Does it have the new enchantment? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Staggering insight. 
Um, the the <laughs> liquid metal stompy deck. They've been playing. It's it's just a Tesseret shell with with everybody's favorite planeswalker Oko. It's just Tesseret without. It's Tesseret without Tesseret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we finally hit the point where people have realized that Tesseret is the worst card in Tesserator. Yeah. Actually, the worst card is Demir Signet, but you know. <laughs> yeah, this one. This one actually is better because it's dropped the black altogether. It doesn't want to play with Baleful Strix and the one Demir Signet, and just went. You know, what if we just played all the dumb cards? I guess they may have been looking at Chase because they got four Groves, Dax Faden, and Punished Fire. <laughs> these uh, these painter lists that are just playing Veil of Summer just because they can is ugh. I respect it. I don't like it, but I respect it. I mean, it. you know it's hot, right? Put Painter on blue, because why not? Did you see the uh, Bomberman Salvager's Breach? Yes. Yes. I looked and I was scared. I looked and I was scared. I mean, it looks like all of these Underworld Breach decks are basically the same, but... Ooh, there's one here with Burning Wish. That's neat. Well, M3 main deck Veil. <clears throat> The the Salvager's deck Tome Scour? Tome Scour? The Salvager's deck is scarier because with Salvagers and LED they can just make don't have to touch the graveyard. Uh that does in fact use the graveyard. No, I'm sorry, without escaping cards. Sure. Like they can start the chain with just they they can the turn they go Oriox Salvagers, even if they don't have the LED because you discarded it earlier, they can just cast it. And then, like, they can kind of go off. So, I, I would never play that deck's dead, but Bomberman is. When are people just going to start playing Ravenous Trap? I guess that gets cut off by Silence. Silence is such an obnoxious card. T- Welcome to Test 2011. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Test was. What's he heard is complaining about Veil of Summer, and then they're like, yo, how about we, we give you Storm that doesn't care? <laughs> Hey, there's somebody out there still manning the the rest in peace helm deck. God bless their. I mean, their win rate is probably ten percent higher than it's been in a long time, <laughs> putting them at a nice fifty percent win rate. They've got one bale of summer. <laughs> They're prepared. Oh, two, three, three. I can, I can honestly say when my opponent cast bale of summer into rip helm, I would probably just cry. <laughs> They're all. Steel Stompy oh. still holding it down. Okay. Yeah. It seems like Legacy is like technically diverse right now. If you take away all the Veil of Summers. And- I what? mean, this is a, a good sized deck dump. And then in BCDL, I mean, I played it against a different deck every round, and I think most people had the same experience. I mean, everything looks really wide open for the most part. What the hell is this mesmeric orb, mesmeric orb deck I'm looking at? What in the, the? These are not the sins Jesus died for, but okay. I guess this isn't. So the total numbers is Oko's only. So that's not that bad, but LEDs up there. <laughs> wow, LEDs up there. LEDs got forty-eight copies, forty-four Okos, forty-eight swords, fifty-one veils because sixty chalices, sixty-two lay, sixty-seven lotus petal. That is the number four card. Then ponder for so neat top creature plague engineer. <laughs> what? Yep. 
Okay. Plague Engineer. Match by Walking Ballista. And then Mentor. Del- Mentor. Delro Secret's not even on this list? Like, gasp. Forgotten Child. Yeah. They probably just don't post. It's No Rug. Yeah, it's No Rug. It's it's classic No Rug. 2012. Yeah, it's two, 2012 No Rug. This is like... Well, he's got the new spider. Arrest to the Endless Web. Whenever your opponent <laughs> casts an instrument or sorcery, create a one-two green spider with reach. Yeah, that's obnoxious. Go AK. <laughs> Dare you. <laughs> Cast you. Delver can't beat that card ever, and then like two Chandra Awakened Inferno in the sideboard. Four Okos in the main. Four. Four. Not... You know they make green creatures, right? <laughs> they do. <laughs> you know what combos with green creatures, Steven? Uh, t- well, I... You tell me. Natural order of progenitus, my guy. Mm. Does he have no dryad arbor? Mm. No, there's, there's there's one. one. For some reason, it's not showing up properly on what I'm looking at, but whatever. Yeah, it's got one arbor and the classic three gilded goose, two noble split. <laughs> goose could reduce red. Oh, arbors with the creatures. Okay. It was looking in the lands like a civilized human being. <laughs> well, it happens to be a little of both. Three ponder. <laughs> oh, Dryad Arbor always wants to hang out with its land friends, but then, you know, it's still a creature. So then it tries to hang out with its creature friends and it's still a land and then <laughs> drops a logic album. <laughs> so glad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a biracial joke, and I realized that, like, the reference I was using was going to be very specific to um, people who grew up in the 90s. It was like, well, gotta connect to the youths. (laughs) Yeah, this deck is ass. (laughs) Jesus! (laughs) I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm just like, man, the curve is so high. Like, all these... What, Bara's deck? The curve is... The curve is... So high. I'm talking about the deck being ass. He has so many ways to produce a mana dork on turn one and then curve that into like a three drop on turn two. Yeah, but look at his three drops. Tyler Strucker. Oko. That's it. Oko. Yeah. What else do you need? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you need more than that? I mean, against the breach decks, I think you do, but sure. Clues and food, Steve. Clues, Clues and food. Oh, man. We're going all blues clothes on me now. Yeah, what else do you need? Oko and Tracker. Did you see the Fae still, which is the old Dreadstill decks? It's a Delver Dreadstill deck with Scroll of Fate, Standstill, and Delver of Secrets. What a combo. I Good for Landstill just showing up somewhere. Every so often I think about putting... Uh... <laughs> There's three fucking tra- agents, agents of treachery in the sideboard. That's your show and tell hate. God. What the hell? You put a Neverkill in? Every so often I think about putting Sandstill in the sideboard of my Delver decks. And then at that point I realize that I've been playing too much magic and need to stop. How? I don't... There are no force and negations. Well, you gotta make room for Scroll of Fate, Steven. I mean, it, it's a Standstill deck. <laughs> Yeah, but it's four spell peers. Can't cut any of those, Steven. 
All right, we're just rambling at this point. I'm baffled. <laughs> I'm just, I'm in awe. It's like I said, the the dunk, the deck dump is diverse. Uh, you guys have anything else? Nope. Uh, nothing here. Just uh, just shouting out some people now. Is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out? You are the guest. Oh, thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, I'd like to start with Joe, and uh, he did a great article on BCDL, and you know I really appreciate everyone that comes out and supports the events and has has helped them grow, and also Comic Town in Columbus for hosting and always being a great partner with us, and just kind of the Columbus legacy community for being great. Yeah, and appreciate you guys having me on and you know kind of spreading the word i think tournaments like this are are really kind of the way legacy starting to move and people can whine and complain on twitter because that's what people do but at the end of the day if you don't like what star city is doing or someone else go out and make your own thing and i hope people will see bcdl as an example and just kind of we can get these regional tournaments running i started a discord for legacy TOs and you know we're starting to get kind of groups from around the country and hopefully we can keep adding to them and you know maybe we make our own makeshift circuit so we don't need Star City Pfft, we don't need them so I, I hope everyone just kind of uh, supports it and if they want something build it and people will come yeah just gotta pick the format up by its bootstraps right yeah, you know, we got we got to come up. Uh, would like to thank our new patron Elliot S. And yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, Robert, where can they find you on social media? So you can follow BCDL at Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy on Facebook and on Twitter at BCD Legacy. You can also follow me personally at Robert underscore H underscore Wilson on Twitter. If you want to Facebook me, that's that's fine. There's a million Robert Wilsons. That's kind of awkward, but sure. We can be friends. It's cool. Uh, you can find the podcast on Patreon, Twitter, SoundCloud. I think we're actually Thirst for Knowledge on SoundCloud. Everything else, we're Thirst for Cast. Um, and then you can find my Twitter, uh, Steve's Twitter, and Liz's Twitter through that, so... We'll catch you all later. Stay cozy. Good night. (laughs) Wrong show? (laughs) Wrong show. (laughs) There is a new episode dropping tomorrow, though. It's good. It's good. It reminds me of, you know, kicking it with your friends that you play magic with, except you don't really talk about magic. That is is literally literally what the podcast podcast is. is. (laughs) So... Yeah.